Welcome to a virtual space dedicated to stories and practices for healing. I invite you to take a deep breath wherever you are. Breathing in and out. Hey, hey. My name is Tisha Dolores and I welcome you to Mom's Heirloom. This is a space where I want to inspire and encourage your journey of creatively capturing what your soul is remembering during this life. As you are listening now, I am inviting you to rediscover your cultural and spiritual roots and to alchemize those discoveries into your lifestyle with creative, tangible heirlooms for yourself, your family, and your community. So today in the first real um, episode, I want to talk about healing heirlooms. What is that? And um, kind of the process of interacting and building your healing heirloom as an overarching theme and how to get started by connecting to the ultimate source. So first, a healing heirloom is a tangible, creative gift that holds your unique spiritual language and discoveries. So this can be reminiscent of a grimoire or a book of shadows, with the difference being that it leans into symbolism and creativity alongside information and personal narrative. When you are preparing to create a healing heirloom, Think of the things you have needed on your spiritual journey. So before even beginning the process of creation, you want to take some time of reflection. While you've been on your spiritual journey, especially when it comes to ancestral veneration and things within your lineage, what are some tangible items you wish you had? So for example, for me, my grandmother was a seamstress. So I would have loved to inherit it if she had like a sketchbook or a, a diary of just her her um, time spent sewing and what she did and who she created for and what were some creations that she was very inspired by or very intimidated by and how it came out in the end and things that really focus on the gifts that she had and her sharing what it was like having that gift. I also believe that there were more distant ancestors. There may have been some closer, but distant ancestors who may have had a lot of experiences that I have when it comes to dreams and visions that I used to have as a child. I used to have um, severe night terrors where I would see entities and physically be attacked by them um, when I was younger. That's a whole nother podcast for another day. But there were just a lot of experiences that I had that I felt isolated because I had those experiences and I had no one to say me too and especially no one in my bloodline saying it. And even though, you know, as I went on the journey of 
being online and social media presence, like you see kind of like this overwhelming amount of people like, look at me, look at me, look at my experience. And I mean, hey, you might even feel like this is one of those things too. It's so grounding to feel like something is coming from you in the sense of it coming from your bloodline. So healing heirlooms, you are creating those with your descendants in mind, whether it is your biological children, whether it is your nieces and nephews, whether it is community people who you end up feeling like they are your chosen family. You are collecting this and creating this as a tool to really encourage someone else's journey by being vulnerable and transparent about your own. When preparing to create a healing heirloom, you need to think of the things that you needed on your spiritual journey. What um, information have you longed to have? What stories do you wish you knew? What patterns of challenges and gifts in your bloodline do you wish somebody kind of laid out that you have actively been working on and working towards this is also my insert of saying how important it is for genealogy research my healing heirlooms were only able to go so far until I start really doing my genealogy research and understanding that dynamic in a very tangible here's the paperwork here's the documents and then from the documents, being able to do divination, to do different practices that increased my connections with my ancestors so that I was able to get more answers and information that expounded my whole spiritual journey. And I really don't like saying spiritual journey. And at some point, I think I'm going to find another way of saying it. But like right now, that's just where we are. I just feel like it used a little bit too much. But that's what it is. It is a journey, spiritual path. Anywho, so at this present time for me, I am creating an heirloom to combat my imposter syndrome and my fear of judgment so that I can show up and show out as my full self consistently. And this podcast is a healing heirloom in itself. That's why it is called mom's heirloom um this is a space for me to grab hold of my voice um to be an example to my kids of sh just showing up what do you do for yourself when you have an idea when you have a vision like go ahead and the more you are authentic and vulnerable the more opportunities will come as a devised theater artist, which basically means I work in theater in a way where everyone's narratives that are a part of the group is essential for the creation of the work. Um, we very much rely on one another and the vulnerability of each person is what makes the work magic. And so I want vulnerability to be my magic here in this space and held within this heirloom of a podcast, this heirloom of a um, spiritual venture that I am taking. So this space was created for those who are blazing new trails as it has been forgotten throughout the generations. So you are remembering 
and making space for things that was once lost for who knows how many generations. You are going back to those ancestors who pray, who practice healing work, who were the midwives, who were the oracles, who were the women who took care of the children within the village, the ones who were the caretakers, the protectors. You are the person in your bloodline calling all of that back into remembrance and saying, I remember you. I see you. I feel you. I am a part of you. Let's build and work together. And that is the heirloom. That is ultimately what we are passing down, regardless of what someone does with the things that we create. Once we are gone, we have put that out into the atmosphere in a very tangible thing. Now, a little background on me, just a little bit. Um, I was raised in a religious Christian household, and I was very much a devout Christian a deep relationship with God, I still very much appreciate all the things that I have learned in church. I have always been imaginative and a very sensitive person, eager to hear the stories of others and vividly envisioning God in the way that it came to me. And I never saw God as a man in the clouds. Quick story, when I was in Sunday school at a Baptist church, I decided to draw God, and I was fixating on how we were all created in God's image and likeness, and I tried to draw God where he looked like everything and everybody. God had um, looked like Vitilago because I had God have all the different patches of skin color, um, Every texture of hair was in God's hair, like just in sections like pizza. The eye pupil of God was like a pizza um, slice of all the different colors your eyes could possibly be. God had a breast on one side and not one on the other because I wanted to be clear that it wasn't a man or a woman. It was kind of both. And it was just everything mixed all together. And I got in trouble to say the least, it was kind of jarring for them to see God as a man and woman. And I also feel like that was my first moment of saying, oh, I have to suppress the downloads that I'm getting. I have always kind of been in my own world of things and I have done things in a lot of non-traditional ways. And being a non-traditional person surrounded by structures that demand this modern, traditional way of being, it caused me to form a complex version of imposter syndrome and also feeling like I need to prove myself. Um, I was a teen mom having to prove myself valuable and worthy within relationships, within workspaces, Within everything, it felt like, and um, it it put a toll on me, and I am just now here in, like, my mid-30s, whoa, in my mid-30s, really processing that and stepping out of this, um, this fear 
of of needing to prove myself when I don't want to. I'm too tired. I just want to be and I just want to show up. And I want to be with other people who just show up. And then we can all decide, like, hey, do I like that or do I not? And keep it moving without, like, causing harm. That is the world in which I wish my children would would be living in. And that's how I want them to experience the world. Like, just show up fully and what stays, stays, and what doesn't, doesn't. And it's okay. Like, no attachments. With all of that being said, that kind of gives the overall of what a healing heirloom is. It is focusing in on a particular aspect of your healing journey that you are in now. Then taking the time to just journal. Get you a little dollar store journal and just make it be your brain dumping space. Once you dump the ideas, the thoughts, the feelings, the the vision, sketching, doodle, take pictures, print the pictures out. Once you kind of collect all of those things, then you will be able to go through your journal and kind of curate an heirloom. And it can be as deep of a dive as you want, or it can be something very simple. Everything does not have to be something that will last forever. But the more you practice living this life where everything that you do from the meals that you cook to the way that you show up into a room is all about a part of your healing heirloom. There is no way that you won't leave something that will captivate the healing for the next person. For someone who is observing you, whether it's in that moment where they see you in person or if it's years and years and decades later. Now, I want to talk about source. When you are journaling this work, when you are preparing to cultivate this work, begin connecting with source. Source for me is God. You may have another word or term, but God is beyond time, space, gender. It is God is air that we need that's constantly all around us, but it can't be seen. God is water. God is the sound of silence that is always present. God is the atoms, energy, everything, everywhere and within all. And when connecting to this source, we are remembering that we are a part of that source. And so is everything around us, making everything matter and also everything not matter. Making every moment big and also so small. And when we get into that space, it should help remove the judgment of the things that may come up in your journaling. God created us. We were all created with the ability to feel this long um, array of emotions. We can experience many, many feelings and emotions and have many tangible experiences in the world and God created it that we can, that we can kind of ebb and flow. And so when you're journaling, pull yourself back and just like allow the emotions to be on the page but not felt in the body. And that is kind of the space that makes it difficult. That's why grounding is important. 
that's why it is important um, to have ways of doing prayer or petitions or affirmations, mantras, whatever it is, you know, language is beautiful and also language is hindering. Let it be the thing that makes sense for you and speak in it in the language that works for you in your journals, in your heirlooms. Now, when you are connecting to source, you want to connect with the intention also of protecting your energy while doing this work. And it is because you can't easily get pulled in different directions in both the physical sense and the spiritual sense. Because we are connected to all, it is things that is energy suckers. There are things that will come up that will try to be distractions. There are thoughts that might come up that try to distract you, that try to pull you away. There um, may be actual entities that try to like pull you away or pull you out of focus or pull you from this work. So the more you are centered and grounded and focus and cultivate a ritual and routine of this connection, it creates this cue for your spirit and your body to be like, oh, okay, we are doing the work, we are present. And even when you're not doing, quote unquote, the work, there are still moments where you need to pull yourself in and say, I am here, I am present, I am all. Which comes in practice. I am still learning this. There are some things that is very, very difficult for me to separate myself from in the moment. But later on, I can come back. I have a coming to Jesus moment and I come back. Some ways to set up your connection and also protection is utilizing your senses as a guide. So I want to first start with taste. Taste can also be connected with water when you're just thinking of like being able to drink the water you can literally if you carry around a water bottle take a moment take a deep breath speak into the water bottle I am grounded I am protected I am here and then have a sip and now you are ready to do the work rituals do not have to be super extensive you can do this with tea. You can do this with fruit. But speak over it, something short and sweet. Take a breath, consume it, and then go. Through smell, you can use essential oils. You can use different fragrances. I actually, on different moons, I create my own Florida water that I keep in a spray bottle. And I will spray over my body, like cleansing my aura. And also just having that smell hit me is really awesome to have when I'm out and about and I can just smell, have the smell on me as something that I'm carrying with me as I go about my day. And it feels like a barrier around me. And usually if I'm going to have that scent on me, I allow myself to be more mindful of what shows up around me, knowing that I am in constant dialogue with God. I'm in constant dialogue with source, with my ancestors, with my spirit guides, and I look for their messages. Then you have sight. So if you're more of a visual person, 
you can have your petition written down. You can draw a picture that maybe is like the very first page of your journal when you open it up. You can also light candles and that's ushering in the element of fire. So like lighting the candle, being able to visually look at it, see it, again, taking a breath in and releasing it. And then once you release it, being able to begin the work, to begin your focus time with God, with source, before you start expanding into the um, immaculate design that God has created that is our universe. Now you have earth. And with earth, that corresponds with touch. And with our sense of touch, you can utilize crystals and you can utilize the materials that you are using to um, create your urn with, whether that is your journal and your pen and you have those like your actual tools in addition to the material of the clothing you are wearing. So this is big on changing into something that feels loose, that feels comfortable, that reminds you of your body, that doesn't feel constricted. Get into those clothes, hold on to the crystal. If you can, go sit out in nature and just breathe it in and release it. I live in Cleveland. It's cold and dreary. And there's more days than not of not really feeling like outside is appealing. So in those times, that's where the material of my clothing becomes very important of what I'm wearing in the house. And also making sure like there's plants or fresh flowers that I normally have. And I am very much committed to my tourmaline crystals that I have to ground me and to hold that in my hand for touch, which again, this is all cues for me to step out of my human capacities and be reminded that I am cre- I am connected to something so much greater and that I'm worthy of rest. I'm worthy of reflection. I am worthy of a moment of slowing down. I'm worthy of all of this and I need all of this and I can feel all of this and observe it without judgment. Lastly, we have the sense of sound and sound is your singing bowls, music, some chimes. It's also your breath. If you don't have all those stuff, like I, again, I've been on this journey for a while, so I have singing bowls and chimes and I have things that I invite my children to also utilize as well where the sound really pulls and draw you in. Be mindful of the music you are taking in, especially when you are trying to connect to source. And take that for whatever it means for you. Because sometimes a nice ratchet song gets me through the day and I feel wonderful. <laughs> so I'm not saying you got to always be listening to wind chimes. But just know, like, what aspects of existence are you connecting to, are you needing, and why? And then just, like, fully lean into it. As I bring this to a close, I ask you to identify 
what is your way of defining and experiencing God? When do you lose sight of that connection? And how can you reconnect? What sense resonates with you the most? And since this is a weekly podcast, I invite you to spend the week focusing on one sense to cultivate a ritual and a routine with and see how it feels. See what things begin to appear for you and show up for you. Look around for numbers. Listen to what people say, what words are being repeated to you and seek out God speaking back. So set an attention. God I want to know what area of of healing do I need to focus on right now at this point in my life? What aspect of healing is required of me? Do the work for the next seven days of just like taking seven minutes since it's seven days, seven minutes of quiet time after utilizing one of these senses to cultivate your connection with source. And then tell me about it at momsheirloom.com or on Instagram at momsheirloom, moms underscore heirloom. All right. Thank you for sharing this space with me. I wish you many blessings. Ashe.